Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good afternoon, and welcome to Expo's first quarter conference call for fiscal 2021. With me on the line today are Philippe Morin, Expo's Chief Executive Officer, and Pierre Flamandon, CFO and Vice President of Finance. Jean-Marie Lamont, Expo's Founder and Executive Chairman, will also be available to answer questions during the Q&A period. A reminder that this conference call will include certain forward-looking statements and or estimates concerning our intents, beliefs, or expectations regarding future events that may affect Expo. Please note that such comments will be affected by risks or uncertainties, including the impact of the coronavirus pandemic on our employees, customers, and global operations. This may cause the actual results of the company to be materially different from those expressed or implied today. For more information about Expo, I encourage you to review our Form 20F filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Our annual information form is available with Canadian Securities Commissions as well. Please note that non-IFRS numbers may be used during this conference call. Reconciliation of these non-IFRS results with IFRS numbers is available in the Q1 2021 news release on our website. Although our amounts in this conference call are expressed in US dollars unless otherwise indicated. So without further delay, I will turn the call over to Philip. All right, thank you, Vance, and um, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I would really like to take this opportunity to wish everyone a happy, safe, and healthy New Year. Given the start of vaccinations for the coronavirus pandemic in seven, several countries, there's certainly growing optimism that we can return to semblance of normalcy sometime in 2021. So turning to our financial results, Expo opened fiscal 2021 with a strong first quarter performance with revenue of 71.5 million and IFRS net earnings of 3.6 million. IFRS net earnings included 1.4 million for an after-tax wage subsidy by the Canadian government to lessen the impact of the pandemic and as well $2.5 million for an insurance recovery related to the loss of assets. Now this financial performance represents a solid achievement considering the impact of the pandemic on our global operations, which we did not have to cope with this a year ago in our Q1 2020. We also delivered adjusted EBITDA of 9.9 million or 13.9% of sales in the first quarter of 2021. Our robust sales and earnings results confirm market acceptance of our highly differentiated solutions related to fiber, cloud native, and 5G network deployments, as we continue to also develop new ways to engage and serve our global customer base in this virtualized environment. 
So now let's take a look at how both product families fared in the first quarter of 2021 and now their position for the fiscal year. In terms of test and measurement, sales decreased by 9.8% in the first quarter of 2021 from a record level of 55.9 million in Q1 2020. The year-over-year sales drop is largely due to the reduction of large-scale network deployment caused by the pandemic in favor of maintenance projects on the part of communication service providers. Now, this market dynamic was partially offset in the latter part of our quarter by stronger year-end calendar spending in the Americas and a strong catch-up spending in the MEA. Reduced network deployment uh, mostly affected our portable test and measurement instruments used in the field as our benchtop instruments for the lab and for the manufacturing environment continue to deliver healthy growth. Now, we were also pleased by the recently closed acquisition of Inopticals, a technology leader offering IM instruments like sampling oscilloscopes for testing 400 and 800 gig transmission rates, which will further strengthen our presence and expand our addressable market in the same manufacturing segment. Following the quarter end, we've also launched a highly disruptive test and measurement solution for service providers that addresses the number one cause of network failures, mainly contaminated optical connectors. The Expo FIP 500 for fiber inspection scope vastly improves multi-fiber connector testing. Multi-fiber cable deployments are in high volume in data centers and telecom networks, which requires fast, repeatable, and reliable results. And that is exactly what the FIP 500 delivers. This latest product launch reflects our confidence that market demand for field portable solutions are returning to normal levels in 2021, driven by fiber deployments related to fiber to the premises, 5G infrastructure build-out, and data center connectivity. On the service assurance systems and services, uh, and services business, our sales improved by 18.6% year-over-year as we recognize large orders related to network topology, network optimization, and fiber monitoring solutions. Customer demand for our fiber monitoring solutions was sustained in Q1 2021 with revenue recognition across all three major geographies. The market success of the fiber monitoring solutions can be attributed by the leveraging of Expo's industry-leading OTDR technology. These optical test heads are strategically placed along a customer's network to constantly verify and identify network breaks or degradation within a point-to-point or point-to-multipoint network architecture. And through optical switching capabilities, our remote monitoring solutions can automate and accelerate the execution of such tests, thus reducing the time to locate and network issues from hours to within minutes. And this Nova fiber monitoring solution I just described is what will be deployed by OpenReach. In fact, following the quarter end, we announced a multi-million dollar fiber monitoring deal over five years with OpenReach, a wholly owned subsidiary of British Telecom. And to build up its digital infrastructure in the UK, OpenReach is targeting 20 million homes passed by fiber by the mid to late 2020s. 
Expo will provide a remote monitoring solution to ensure end-user quality of experience across the fiber network. Ultimately, OpenReach is relying on Expo to increase first-time ride installation, reduce turn-up failures, and limit to limit truck rolls as well. After the quarter end, we also announced our Nova Active over-the-top, over-the-top video monitoring solution to resolve one of the biggest source of customer churn for service providers, which is over-the-top video streaming issues. These issues are deemed critical as video now accounts for 65% of all mobile data traffic today and will rise to above 77% by 2026, according to Ericsson's latest mobility report. Expo's real-time monitoring solution automatically diagnoses the root cause of these key video streaming problems, whether it's from the network, the video platform, the user device, or the video provider, especially when there are freezing, buffering, and lagging issues. Now, this end-to-end real-time visibility between network, device, platform, and video provider, that end-to-end real-time visibility is the differentiating element in our solution. Early customer response for this initiative solution uh, has been very positive, even beyond what we had expected. So in closing, Expo is looking at a wealth of opportunities for fiscal 2021. First, the resumption of large-scale fiber deployment should benefit our industry-leading test and measurement product family, combined with market share gains provided by the acquisition of inopticals on the manufacturing test side. Second, our staff's offering penetration into, into new accounts through the recently announced fiber monitoring deal with OpenReach and the five service assurance contracts in Q4 2020 bodes well as communication service providers build out their digital infrastructure in 2021. And finally, we're pursuing partnerships with leading system vendors to jointly deliver stronging, stronger monitoring value proposition at a critical time when service providers are beginning their migration to 5G standalone and cloud-native architecture. A good example of these key partnerships is the recent, our recent announcement with ServiceNow for end-to-end network visibility applications. We do believe that strategic partnerships represent an ideal opportunity to ramp up revenue and contribute to Expo's overall profitability. So at this point, I will turn the call over to Pierre to cover our financials. Pierre? Thank you, Philip. Good afternoon, everybody. Sales decreased 2.8% to 71.5 million in the first quarter of 2021 from 73.6 million in the first quarter of 2020. As previously mentioned by Philip, state decrease year-over-year, mainly due to the reduction in large-scale network deployments in favor of maintenance projects caused by the COVID-19 pandemic, mainly in the Americas and APAC region. The pandemic impact was partially offset by stronger year-end calendar spending on the part of the service providers and catch-up spending in AME mainly. Bookings, meanwhile, decreased. 1.2% year-over-year to $69 million in the first quarter of 2021 for a book-to-bill ratio of 0.97. Gross margin before depreciation and amortization reached 58.2% of sales in the first quarter of 2021 compared to 58.9% in the first quarter of 2020. Our gross margin in the first quarter of 2021 included 
1.4 million for a wage subsidy granted by the Keynesian government to lessen the impact of the pandemic. This represented a positive impact of 0.6% on our gross margin. Otherwise, our gross margin was negatively affected by a less favorable same mix overall compared to the same period last year and lower absorption of fixed manufacturing costs as they were lower year over year. In terms of operating expenses, selling and administrative expenses decreased to 21.6 million or 30.2% of sales in the first quarter of 2021 from 24.5 million or 33.2% of sales in the first quarter of 2020. The 2.9 million decrease in agency expenses reflects lower travel expenses due to the pandemic, the full impact of our 2020 restructuring plan and the wage subsidy that has a positive impact on our engineering expenses by 6.6 million or 9.9% overall. These items were partially offset by restructuring charges of 0.5 million in the first quarter of 2021. Net earning expenses decreased to 11.2 million of 15.7% of sales in the first quarter of 2021 from 11.7 million or 16% of sales in the same period last year. The decrease in net earned expenses is mainly related to the wage subsidy, subsidy that positively affected our net earned expenses by 0.8 million in Q1 21. IFRS net earnings totaled 3.6 million or 6 cents per share in the first quarter of 2021 compared to a net loss of 0.1 million or zero cent per share in the first quarter of 2020. IFRS net earnings in the first quarter of 2021 included 2 million in after-tax amortization of intangible assets, 0.6 million in stock-based compensation costs, 0.5 million in after-tax restructuring charges, and the following change loss of 0.2 million. IFRS net earnings also included an after-tax wage subsidy of 1.4 million under the Canadian Energy Wage Subsidy Program, as well as an insurance recovery of 2.5 million related to the loss of assets. And just a bit that total 9.9 million of 13.9% of sales in the first quarter of 2021, compared to 7.5 million or 10.2% of sales in the first quarter of 2020. Given that we are not anticipating additional significant wage subsidies from the Canadian government, also our expectation or hope that our sales staff will resume traveling before the end of the fiscal year, and considering the recent strength of major currency against the US dollar, we are maintaining our operating model guidelines for the fiscal year. Namely, gross margin will range between 57 and 59 percent, HGNA between 33 and 35%, and net R&D between 16 and 18%. Geographically, the Americas accounted for 44% of total sales in Q121. Europe, Middle East, Africa represented 37%, while Asia Pacific totaled 19%. In comparison, the sales split was 54%, 29%, and 17% among the three geographic regions in the first quarter of 2020. 
in terms of customer mix of top customer accounted for 4.3% of total sales in Q1 21, while our top three represented 12.6%. Turning to a few key points on the balance sheet, our cash position decreased by 17.2 million to 16.5 million at the end of the first quarter of 21. This decrease is mainly due to 16.3 million euros for the reduction of our bank loan, 1.4 million for the repayment of lease liabilities and long-term debt, 1.1 million for the purchase of capital assets, and 0.4 million for the redemption of share capital. These items were partially offset by 2.1 million in cash flow from operating activities. At the end of Q1 21, XO had a net debt position of 3.5 million and available revolving credit facility up to 61.4 million. At this point, I will turn the call over to the operator for the start of the QA. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do have any questions, please signal at this time by pressing star 1 on your telephone keypad. Just make sure you have your mute function turned off to allow us to receive that signal. Again, that's star 1 for any questions at this time. And we'll take our first from Thanos Mishopoulos with BMO Capital Markets. Hi, good afternoon. Um, I know you recently closed the acquisition of uh, Inopticals. Um, as we think about um, Q2, can you provide some color in terms of um, the financial uh, impact we should anticipate, or is it, is it uh, not material? Yeah, so Thanos, uh, again, the, um, the acquisition just got closed. Um, the, uh, the impact um, will be twofold. One is, um, obviously, they have uh, leading edge product solution allows us to go into uh, places that they have not been able to do, so we'll be able to leverage those type of uh, solutions for them. Um, and then we'll be able to uh, as well do um, cross-selling of our existing solutions with them. So we don't expect that it will be material uh, for sales in our, our Q2, but we do expect as we uh, get into the second half of, of the year, we'll, we'll start seeing the uh, positive impact of that acquisition, uh, not just from pure products of Inoptical, but with um, the pull-in of other products. Okay. Um, and can you update us in terms of how um, um, RFI, RFP activity has progressed uh, for 5G um, for your SaaS solutions over, over the past quarter? I mean, I know you had um, a number of wins that we talked about last quarter. Um, how has the pipeline evolved in recent weeks? Yeah, the, um, the, the amount of RFPs continues to be strong, especially around what I would call the, the 5G SA and, and cloud-native deployment. Um, we've... Uh, you know, in Q4, we've announced five, five new wins. Uh, in Q1, other than the, um, what, what I just talked about in terms of the fiber monitoring with OpenReach, we've uh, extended some of our existing account uh, solutions that they move to more of a 4G to 5G, so we were able to um, leverage our position there as an incumbent and, and win new, uh, I guess, the, the, the network modernization. And we're continuing to see some, um, some RFPs, um, predominantly out of the U.S. and predominantly out of uh, Europe, where we're seeing uh, activities around, uh, around 5G SA and, uh, and as well in some, some of these applications moving from a 4G to, to more of a cloud-native uh, architecture. So that's still pretty active. Okay. Um, I know you're not providing revenue guidance at this stage. Um, 
I guess given your commentary, is, is there anything that you would add specifically as we think about um, heading into uh, Q2, uh, whether anything from a seasonal perspective? Um, it, it does sound from your commentary that maybe there was a little bit of budget push happening, which it would seem it might have benefited the start of the quarter. Uh, but just any, any color you can provide in terms of Q2 would be helpful. Yeah, so I kind of you've been following Expo for a while, so you know Q2 tends to be more of a, you know, more of a challenging quarter, if I want to put it that way, because of the seasonal aspect of it. Um, but the good news is we still we saw at the end of our Q1 and now some year-end money coming through that that, that will impact our our TNM business. Uh, the SaaS activities are continuing to be uh, from a pipeline point of view, from an RFP point of view. So. The, the things are, are, are very active, still going very strong. My only caveat will be um, how what will happen with the, the pandemic, right? Um, it, it's really around, uh, you know, as you see certain countries going into lockdown, um, we don't expect to be as drastic as we've seen in, in the month of March or, or April, but that's, that's creating a bit of uncertainty that we'll have to navigate. But other than that, um, we're seeing some, some good, good uh, traction from a TNM point of view. Um, especially with the, uh, the year-end money and then uh, the activities on our uh, SaaS business. Okay. Uh, great. Thanks, Philippe. I'll pass lunch. Thank you. Once again, for star one, if you do have any further questions, uh, we'll move on to Savage with uh, Northland Capital Markets. All right, Tim. Hey, good afternoon. Can you hear me okay? Hi, good afternoon. Can you hear me okay? Yep. All right. I think I'm getting a little bit of an echo here. But, um, I wanted, you mentioned, I wanted to look there just uh, twice, um, the notion of a year-end budget flush. Um, and I just wanted to kind of, kind of clarify, you, you mentioned a couple of factors. I think one was some notion of catch-up spending in EMEA, and you saw some nice year-over-year growth there. Is that a separate dynamic from what you're terming year-end money? Is that more focused on your, you know, traditional U.S. carrier customer base? Um, and to what extent, you know, did you see that kind of year-end dynamic um, continue into your uh, your fiscal second quarter thus far? So two interesting dynamics for us this this quarter, and so that you picked up on both. Number one is EMEA. EMEA. Uh, really picked up strongly on TNM um, this year, both in, on, on the field, but as well on some of our manufacturing and lab activities and certain accounts in, in, in those regions. And as you can see, I mean, EME had a really nice growth year on year, and, and as a matter of fact, represented 37% of our uh, total um, revenue when they tend to be more than the 30%. So, so good performance there from a point of view of, of EME. And I, and I do think that a lot of it is the recovery from, from the lockdown that was pretty um, drastic there, as you, as you remember. The second point is the year-end money, which is more, as you, as you highlighted, more, more North American focus. We did get a nice amount of year-end money coming into um, the end of our quarter, month of November, um, with, uh, with some now going to be leaking into our, our Q2. Um, but it was, again, uh, a bit more, a bit later than we've seen in the past. Um, but again, good, good, um, good amount of business coming in from, a, from, a, from the service providers, the MSOs, 
in um, in particular in the um, in in North America. Great, thank you very much, and congrats on a good quarter. Thank you, thank you, Tim. Once again, folks, star one if you do have any further questions. All right, and we did have another one come through. It looks like it's from Ruben Gaz, um, who's with Opus Capital Management. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, regarding your uh, NOVA uh, portfolio, uh, the, uh, uh, could you please uh, give some, uh, uh, you know, some examples of install base things which are in testing? Uh, what is the traction and what is the, uh, you know, forecast uh, for uh, for this calendar year as far as uh, uh, OTT video monitoring. Uh, on 5G monitoring is what you said at the end? Uh, yeah, like uh, uh, regarding uh, the, the NOVA, the NOVA uh, product uh, and yeah. uh, in general regarding your uh, SES uh, solutions. Like uh, do so have, on, on how, many, how many trials you have and so on. Yeah, so, so on, on the SaaS side, I mean, we, we tend to have, I would say, uh, two um, major kind of product solutions. The first one is the fiber monitoring capability that, that we just talked about. So or really around being able to help, from especially in the context of COVID, by having much more of a centralized monitoring solution for fiber uh, is become really critical, especially with the high demand of fiber to the home, uh, and broadband connectivity that we're seeing that uh, people uh, that, that the service providers need to respond. So um, and that's we're seeing the success. That business is is growing. It's one of the fastest growing business unit for us. And the open reach uh, deal, the multi-million open reach deal, is is a, a, a very strong proof point of that traction for that fiber monitoring solution. And then on the other parts of our um, SaaS uh, solution is around what we call more on the wireless service assurance, whether it's for 5G, uh, 4G and 5G networks. And this is a combination of solutions that you go from um, by putting virtual um, monitoring probes that it could be either active or passive, uh, and then we gather all of the information, do a correlation of the data and provide monitoring and end-to-end -end visibility to help our customers troubleshoot much, much faster by bringing more automation. And now with Nova Sense AI, we're actually bringing machine learning algorithms to really speed up the troubleshooting as they start deploying in a much more cloud-native uh, 5G environment. Um, the work that we've done in 3UK, um, Ruben is probably the, the best example. They, they were one of the first uh, in, the, in London, in the UK, to actually deploy a, a first telco cloud and we've provided solutions such as our uh, wireless um, probes and uh, being able to correlate the data and provide monitoring and visibility type of solution. As we move forward this year in 2021, we're seeing uh, a market, uh, much more market activity around 5G 
standalone type of network, much more telco um, cloud native based solutions. Um, and we're seeing uh, some of that traction with the, some of the five wins that we were able to close uh, um, in Q4 of, of the previous quarter. And so um, that's where we, we see uh, the evolution. So really for us, um, we're focusing where our customers are investing, um, which is fiber, which is 5G, which is cloud, and we're providing solutions to help them in turn up networks but monitor and troubleshoot uh, networks in a much more faster way. Okay, th thank you. There's a quick follow-up. Uh, do, do you have, in addition to these wins uh, in the last uh, during last year, fourth quarter, do you have anything ongoing uh, RFPs or further than RFPs with any uh, carriers? So there are RFPs out there around 5G SAs, uh, both. And as I said earlier to Tano's questions, uh, they tend to be more in um, in North America and in uh, in uh, Europe. Uh, so there's a lot of activities right now with some of the major tier ones that we're participating right now. Decisions have not been made yet, but we're uh, we're actively involved, uh, either directly or or sometimes with strategic partners, as I mentioned earlier in my opening statement. And who you would say your main comp competitor or competitors in this RFPs? Yeah, on, on the service assurance side, it's uh, you know when you look at these 5G uh, SA service assurance deal, uh, we tend to obviously uh, face the, the, the typical competitors uh, such as Netscout, um, but we're also starting to see um, you know the, uh, some of our uh, uh, depending on the regions, some of the kind of uh, more regionalized um, competition. The real um, the real differentiating element for me is whoever has a, a solution that is cloud native ready and evolving to to uh, to new standards like 5G uh, and standalone and and this is when we tend to be uh, with a lesser uh, amount of competitors that we're facing. Uh, Radcom being one of them uh, is is uh, is one common uh, one competitor that we're um, also um, facing. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. And we'll move on to our next question. It's uh, from Daniel Chan with TD Securities. Hi, thank you. So the uh, the strong SaaS performance this uh, this quarter would you attribute that to mostly the uh, the five SaaS contracts that you won last quarter? And just following on that, like what is the linearity of the revenue recognition from those contracts? Does it uh, kind of peak here and it kind of trail off over? The next three quarters as it continue to stay elevated at this level for the remainder of the year. Yeah, the the, the pattern uh, Dan are, are fairly similar with these contracts. Tend to be, um, you know, um, much more around a, a nine to twelve month of revenue recognition as you start deploying the systems, you start start putting, uh, you know, the delivery of, of our solutions and probes across the network, um, and then uh, and as you wrap up, you start recognizing the revenue. And um, you know, with it, um, as I explained before, uh, we tend to get software revenues, software licenses, but as well, we get what we call maintenance annual maintenance contracts. They tend to get renewed, and you get that every year. So all these contracts, uh, the five we've talked about, uh, as an example, the Open Reach, um, they tend to be multi-year, multi-million. Um, they tend to be a longer revenue recognition cycle. 
because um, you, you, ne you need to deploy across a geography. And then there's an opportunity to upsell, upsell by adding more testing capability uh, to widen the geography scope, uh, and then ultimately add more, more features, more products. And that's, that's why it's so critical on the SaaS is to capture these wins because um, they're multi, as I mentioned, multi-year multi -year deployment and then an opportunity to really start getting more um, scale in the business and more predictability into our business, which, is one of, which has been one of our challenges uh, with the SaaS business. Okay, that makes sense. Thanks. I was hoping you can provide more details about the open reach contract as well. You mentioned it was multi-year, multi-million dollars. Should we expect revenue recognition to start in uh, your fiscal Q2 and any kind of uh, details you provide around size and, and length of the contract? Yeah, so, so we won't be able to provide more details uh, than in terms of the contract other than, you know, as what you stated, multi-year, multi-million. Uh, we've already received um, POs for the, the first phase that it will again, uh, as I highlighted, will get recognized in the next to 9 to 12 months. The, the same, same pattern. Um, what we like about this uh, particular contract is, as you said, is the sheer size of the deployment, 20 million homes. Um, that we will be um, working with um, with OpenReach to deploy um, over many other over five years. So again, bringing us scale to our business, bringing predictability to our business, um, and then obviously much more relevancy to uh, to a customer that we've been working uh, for many many years with. But this is again another key milestone with uh, with our relationship uh, with OpenReach. Okay, thanks. And I don't know if I missed it earlier, but um, can you tell me what the EBITDA was without the wage subsidy and the insurance recovery? Pierre, you want to take that one? The, the, yeah, the, the EBITDA is uh, 9.9 uh, 9 million, okay? And the wage subsidy is uh, 1.9 million. Uh, so. So, so that you said it's 9.9, and the, that includes the wage subsidy of 1.9 million pre-tax. Okay, so you're looking at 8 million, and the insurance recovery was below the EBITDA line. Yeah, correct. In other income on interest. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Adam. And uh, with no further questions in the queue, I'd like to turn the floor back to CEO um, Philip Morin with, uh, for any additional and closing remarks. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you very much. So just a, a few key takeaways before we conclude this call today. Um, one, uh, Expo delivered a strong first quarter, uh, starting the year on a good, good base, uh, with sales reaching $71.5 million with IFRS net earnings and adjusted EBITDA total to 3.6 million and 9.1, 9.9 million respectively. Uh, second, we're seeing uh, a wealth of opportunities for fiscal 2021 uh, with, with the resumption of large scale fiber deployment that should benefit our TNM product family. But we're also pleased by um, our SaaS offering penetration into new accounts and as well um, to reiterate again the newly announced fiber monitoring deal with, uh, with open reach. Finally, uh, Expo will be uh, holding tomorrow our annual meeting uh, on January 13th at 9 a.m. at our headquarters in Quebec City. 
Um, given government imposed restrictive measures to ensure public safety, we encourage shareholders to take part in the event online at uh, www.expo.com slash investors. So at this point, um, this concludes our Q1 2021 conference call. On behalf of the entire Expo team, I really thank you for joining us today. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, that does conclude our call for today. We appreciate you joining us. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.